No matter what we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. episode of the Stereo Bros Podcast. It's your purveyor of all things pumpkin spice, pistachio, and everything else. It's your boy, PNL. And I'm here with a special guest for this episode. We're kicking off our series where we're going to be talking to a lot of dope creatives in this space. And today we got a, a ice cold brother, you know what I mean? A fire <laughs> nice chapter and all that. I'm going to let him do his full intro and all that, but solid dude I'm known for. I want to say about 14 years now. Um, this man took me down to CIAA's when I didn't even know what that was back when it was in Charlotte. Um, gave me a, a very strong appreciation for all things Albany, New York. None other than Tyrell Hughes, the creator of the Back Organization. And welcome, good brother. Why don't you give them a quick, you know, spiel of who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Uh, well, first things first, man. Shout out to you, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Nobles himself. Uh, I like to call you Mr. Epa Echelon. Pinkies up. Uh, you know, uh, every time I, I have a drink, I always I always find myself looking at this video of me doing this, and it's like this is for Khalil. So, hey, listen, uh, uh, Stereo Bros. Uh, I'm Tyrell Hughes. Um, I'm originally from Albany, New York. Um, I love Albany with a passion. Uh, I live in the DMV area now. Shout out to the DC metro area. Um, right now, I currently am the uh, founder and editor of the Back Community Podcast, in which I like to highlight positive individuals and organizations uh, throughout the Capital District area, just trying to highlight them and bring more positivity uh, 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 around the conversation around the Capital District area. Uh, but yeah, man, I you and I have been talking about making this collaboration for a while, so uh, uh, so thanks for making it happen, bro. Because uh, I love I, I love uh, uh, joining uh, joining in when you guys had what is it quarantines and things and yeah. uh, the brunching quarantine so and chilling on that virtual conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, those were needed, man. We got to bring those back. Um, but it's just that it's harder now because with everybody outside, <laughs> don't nobody want to be sitting inside on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So. Yeah. We had to we had to pivot with the times, but um, you mentioned back and you mentioned Albany, and you know you've had organizations and you've had like a very profound impact in the Albany community for as long as I've known you. So talk about you know one what got you involved in civic engagement and some of the other things you did prior to starting back. I think that's like a really important you know context to provide. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, prior to doing back, uh, well, one, how'd I get in civic engagement? I would probably say the easiest term is, um, since I was younger, I think I had a passion, uh, uh just for, just for helping out. My upbringing wasn't always, uh, the easiest, the environment that I lived in wasn't always the easiest, but, uh, I had a, a pretty positive, 
attitude for the most part. Yeah, I definitely had uh, uh, some negativity in there too. But for the most part, um, I always had a desire to help and to try to make things uh, easier or better for other people. And I guess that I got that from my mom, always trying to help out uh, other individuals. Um, but from the time I can, as early as I can remember in seventh grade, when they asked me what I wanted to do when I, when I grew up was I wanted to open up my own business that employed the youth in urban areas, teaching them computer skills and business skills and life skills. And that was primarily, huh? Seventh grade, you said that? Seventh grade. Uh, Since seventh grade, I've been saying the same thing. That's fine. Yeah. So that's why when, um, when I ended up graduating Johnson C. Smith, um, I think our junior year in Johnson C. Smith, we came up with the idea for Model, which was the first organization uh, that I actually did. And Model stands for Men Organized to Develop, Empower, and Lead. We took that from a student organization on campus of Johnson C. Smith. Um, I actually got it incorporated as a 501c3 in Albany, New York. And we had branch off uh, uh, sites in Long Island and in Charlotte. And the whole premise was to help young men identify uh, uh, who they are and help them along the way of becoming the men that they were destined to be, uh, just serving as positive examples. So, you know, I ran, I ran model, I want to say for nine years, I think, up in the Albany community before I closed it down and moved down this way. But um, yeah, and on top of the fact you mentioned earlier, shout out to Rose Siggy and the Alphas up there, but I'm also a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. You know, so that right there, you know, that's at the core of our fraternity, bro. So uh, a giving back, uh, being a part of uh, those larger things uh, outside of ourselves. Yeah, but you can't just say, yeah, I did my nine years. Like, nah, man, like, come on, he's underselling it. Man, you had judges side by side with you picking up trash and talking to the youth. You had, you know, campus leaders like myself going down into the trenches of Albany, where a lot of people didn't want to go down there. And we was outside when outside wasn't really safe. Like, it wasn't necessarily safe down there, but we was down there. And what I'll say was a couple of things. What was important about me going down there was I didn't realize I had family in Albany. So I had, like, a mm-hmm. second cousin in Albany. And I, you know, met him and his family, which was cool. But then I went, you know, down to Albany with you. I went, like, to Albany, Albany. And I remember talking to you about how a lot of people come into the town, live it up, and keep it pushing without really connecting to the community. And then I did more research, and you realize a lot of people that are from Albany, Syracuse, Rochester, have roots in the South, just like we do in New York. It's just that, you know, folks didn't stop in New York. They might have, you know, took a different path and just kept going you know, up to Albany. So mm-hmm. me being in Albany, it shrunk the state for me because coming from the city, you don't have that perspective. And we can talk about that more a bit later. Oh, we're going to get there. Yeah, we talk about that later. But model itself was great too because, like I said, you had judges side by side with, um, you know, politicians, with, like, anyone who wanted to actually care about Albany and do anything for the Albany community had a vessel to do so. You couldn't say, I care about the youth and not be involved in model because the model was there, no pun intended, for you to just pull up, put some time and or money where your mouth was and see a tangible result. So I remember going down to Green Tech and working (laughs) with the kids and playing basketball with them, playing chess with them. And then I remember 
the Qs had like a pup team of like guys they had like stepping. But it was great to see that, you know, some guys that would be deemed like the neighborhood goons and goblins when they came around, they also showed that respect and they also showed a desire to want to pour positive things into the youth. And it was powerful to watch because I think a place like Albany, if you don't understand the dynamics, you might think, oh, it's a school, it's a university, it's a med school, and this and the third. But there's a whole nother world of Albany where people are, you know, caught in a system. And I'd even argue it's even easier to get caught up in a system in a place like Albany because you don't have as many alternatives. It's not like you can say, I'm going to go get a job as like a, you know, bus driver because it's not as lucrative as some of the alternatives. And it's much more easier to pick up the alternative or to be a part of the system in a place like Albany than it is to do the right thing because you just don't have as many tangible examples unless you have something like a model in place. So I think, you know, all the money you raised and you had supermarkets involved. I, I know Price Chopper was involved. I know the mayor's office was involved. I know you had judges involved. You had you Albany involved. And every time I would be in Albany, I would run into one of your students and they were so happy to see me. I'm just like, Cool, like it felt great because I would be out with like a girl, or I'd be out with my dudes walking around or at Price Chopper, and one of the students would be like, Hey, Mr. Khalil, guess what? I just got like a like a 90 on a test or something like that. And I'm just like, mm. oh, that's dope. But they used to be so happy to see me. But I was happy to see them too because I used to love to hear those life updates and to watch kids that were scrawny kids grow up to be grown men, college graduates, and that was the crazy thing, too, is that you got people, you know, into Smith, into Howard, into Ivy's. It's not like they couldn't do it without you, but I think you gave them that that energy to help yeah. them find themselves to realize, like, yo, you can do the same exact thing if you stay focused. And I think to know that, you know, you played a part in people's development in that way, in a way that they can't repay us. I think that's that's what really turned on like my civic engagement too, right? Mm. Off campus, it's, it's easy to wake up and go on campus and table, and then go to the to the uh, student union to get some food and and just you know go back to the day. But to leave campus, go downtown, walk around, spend time, and actually be a part of the community, and to see people's reaction when we walked around, like a, a couple of times, I even heard people saying stuff like, "Oh, wow." Studio kids down here, we ain't seen that in a while. Right? And like nine times out of ten, when I was with you, even if people saw me first, they would look and then they would see you and their whole demeanor would change. It's like, all right, he went well, so you know, it's all good. But I think, you know, being being in Albany for that time and actually getting to appreciate Albany as a city for itself it gave me like a greater appreciation for it, but it also gave me a greater appreciation for the opportunity to actually build up men and women in the city, independent of whether or not they ever became a member of the fraternity, but more so was like for them to every time to see that black and gold and that model that they would say, yo, these people care about us in a different kind of way. Cause every single mom is not always helpful. Right. Like, and sometimes all they need is just, a male figure that their kid can gravitate towards so they know, like, all right, 
you're not bugging when you're feeling certain things and you're not, you know, you're not feeling abnormal by having certain urges and that kind of stuff. So you provided a lot of that stuff. And I know you're not going to like oversell what you did, but I, I want to make sure that's all. Well, I don't out have here. to. You did a really good job of that. You did a really good job of it. And actually, uh, uh, to be honest, I think that uh, uh, maybe I did shortchange it a bit because even just hearing your recollection of what you remember uh, from the program uh, was making me feel uh, really good, for lack of better words, because we did do a lot of things with Model. Man, Model was one. Look at it this way: you got you got young black males. So at the time, we had to bend between twenty one, twenty two, uh, 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 up until like twenty twenty eight, twenty nine. So you got young black men who are running their own organization, the 501c3, on top of working jobs, uh, um, their, uh, which was their primary income. But uh, we were dedicated uh, to giving back to uh, uh, young men, 12 to 18-year-olds. We were uh, making sure that we helped them to see that you could be positive and still be cool. You could be, you know what I mean, a nerd and and still be accepted among everyone. So we had skateboarders, we had street thugs, we had uh, a, a, a you name it. We got kids from uh, probation, we got kids from family court, we got kids from recommendations. So we had a really good blend of kids, but we also had a really good blend of collective or community partners. So like you mentioned, like all of our food for the kids, we got donated for years. I made really good partnerships with the Golub Foundation and Price Shopper. Um, uh, they uh, foot the bill financially for a lot of the, the things. And then we started getting uh, uh, grants through their uh, foundations. Uh, we have local millionaires. Uh, shout out to my man, Charles Tui. Um, but, you know, that would also donate and make sure that whatever activities that we actually needed got funded whether we were taking kids on college tours, shout out to my man, Kev uh, Johnson up there, down, down at the palace in Albany now, he's a director there, but you know, nice, nice. we made a bunch of connections with, with people, but we also made sure that it wasn't superficial connections. And I know you mentioned, or you highlighted uh, uh, the work with judges, you know, we, we did work with judges, you know what I mean? And, and one of them in particular, I know which one you were talking about, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I remember, uh, well, now she's no longer uh, holding the current position that she was and she has retired. But uh, at the time she was campaigning, too. And um, I was just like, listen, you know, uh, we're going to build a, a, a real relationship. So, you know, what I mean, it was like, it's not just going to be a photo op. We're going to build a real relationship. And that's what we did. He's like, if you're going to come out, you know, we're going to get dirty together. So, you know, we, we uh, every year we would do community cleanups. And, you know, uh, I remember uh, she came by. Actually, uh, you came by one year. You, yeah. Rockstar, and Jake. Yeah. And, and the kids in the program always remembered you guys based upon your line names. Uh, because yeah. some people used to always, a uh, sh uh, shout out to Ant. I'm, I'm going to see him this weekend, man. I'm heading to Dallas today. Nice, but, nice. Um, shout out to the uh, yeah, he he goes. Uh, 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 people used to be like, "Yo, man, where's 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 Rockstar and stuff like that." So they will always remember you guys as a uh, line names or, or yeah. that. <laughs> what we did with Model was really, um, it helped me. Right, it helped me in two ways. It helped me to, um, it helped me to get the passion out that I needed to. Because I think most of us, when we get out of school, or even uh, for people who haven't gone to school everyone has like this desire to do something, right? They want to find a way to give back. Some people never find that way to give back. 
you know what I mean? But what I, what I learned doing model immediately at the school was, uh, one, there was no real money in it for me. So it was, uh, it was always the love. So I got a chance to get my passion out early. Um, uh, uh, but I also got a chance to do my civic engagement early too, so I can go chase money, uh, uh, later on in life, which is what I did. So, you know what I mean? But model, model was dope, man. A lot of the kids uh, have more education than I do. They got their master's degrees. They've been all over, uh, the place, San Francisco. Um, actually one of them's getting ready to, uh, 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 he just got, um, a Trevor Bryant. Um, uh, he just got, uh, a that's my guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my guy. Yep. So all of them are doing, uh, not all of them, but a good majority of them are, are doing well. I do have some that's incarcerated now from that program, but for, for most of them, they, they were actually able to uh, graduate high school, go on to get their undergraduate degrees, master's degrees, doctorate degrees. They're working for places like Google, uh, right. uh, NASA, uh, NASA, all of these different places. So to be able to say that we had a huge part of that was, was, was a success. And you were a huge part of it too, because even before you tried to move out of Albany, uh, you know, I was about to get you uh, 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 fully engulfed in it. I had already started to get you involved in the program coming out, but I loved your passion. I seen uh, how you had taken up uh, uh, the torsions. It's like, yo, that dynamic between you, Albany, or a lot of the universities uh, in the community isn't always as tight as it could be. And it's just like, you know, most people will come in and be like, oh, are you a local? Right. And that was the big thing I used to hear all the time. County, local. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing, too, is your challenge of, yeah, it's cool to do this on campus. But what about the city? You challenged us to do that, you know, during our journey, <laughs> you know, right. way back during the spring of 2007. Like, <laughs> you challenged us with that. But I felt like, how could I have like a local resource like you and not use it? Didn't. Like that'll look crazy, right? Imagine if you would have turned around and said, "Well, they they flop, and I'm a I'm I'm a rock with the Sigmas. So I'm a rock with with the with like the Teeks or some other org. Like that looked crazy." And I felt like I had enough respect for you and for like the Capital Region to say, "You know what? Like why don't like why why would we not solidify this? Like it's like yeah, like all we have to do like it's already like there. All we got to do is like." open up this crate and just like start doing what we do. Like the infrastructure was there. We just had to like actually commit to it. And I think that was different is that we didn't have like that commitment to anybody saying, I'm going to go off campus on a regular basis and just move and shake downtown outside of like a party context. Yeah. Outside of going to like Roy's to get some food or going to the barbershop, actually like move and shake and, and outside of like a random soup kitchen here and there, but actually commit to a long-term relationship with the community and that that joint when i went back years later and the young boys were still doing some version even after you know model wasn't in operation anymore but they were still going to green tech or they were still doing things in the community still having like the backpack giveaways years later and that kind of stuff grew i was just like wow that was the thing that made me feel good was even after i was back in the city Five years later, I'm up there and they still giving out book bags. And I'm, I'm sitting back like, yo, do they? Know? So I asked like, yo, where this come from? And one dude was like, oh, you know, it's just been around. And then I want to say one of the barbers was there that used to cut my hair. He was like, what you mean? This is. 
how you here doing this and you don't know that? And I'm like, well, it ain't mine. It's, it's, it's really Rails. But that's the thing. Like, I realize that oftentimes we don't give ourselves enough time to actually bask in what we do because we so just doing it, right? So yeah. we are getting kids scholarships. We're getting kids focused. We're giving out haircuts and school supplies and mentoring and playing chess and impacting all these lives. Mm. But then we kind of just fade to the back and don't really take credit for it. And then because we don't take credit for it enough and because we're not boastful enough, sometimes it gets lost in translation as to where the origins of these things are. And that's another reason why I wanted to have this conversation because I feel like of all the great things that were done in Albany that are still around, most of them came from alpha or model. And I don't think people really still have that brand association. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's fair though, honestly, because one, uh, the older we get is always going to be a newer generation. Think about it. Even for us, uh, you know, most of us didn't take deep dives into history and, and to figure out who was doing, who was the movers and shakers before us. It's just like, we have such a short memory Right. On, on on what's important and who's important and in today's world you know social media is out of this world so we're just looking for uh social media friends likes we're not really looking for people who have substance or character we're just looking for for cool things but um you know uh uh like even the community cut drive which you were speaking of earlier it was like to see how we did that for how many years and then uh it still continues on to this day is dope and i think um Shout out to Daryl McRae over there at, at, at Bricks Barber Salon and Jay Allen. Uh, um, oh, what did I say? Jay Ellis. Uh, I said uh, uh, Jay Allen. There uh, you go. Yeah. Uh, but um, he ended up um, t- he ended up putting out a post one time and he was just saying, he said, listen, for all because everybody was thinking Bricks Barber Salon for giving the free haircuts and stuff like that. And he had said one year, he said, listen. I really do appreciate all the acknowledgments. I really do appreciate um, everyone shouting out the barber, but who you guys really need to be saluting is Tyrell Hughes because him and his model organization was the ones that actually thought about this idea long before it became a fad. And, you know, you know, that was heartfelt to me. You know what I mean? We're just like, right. yo, cause it's the truth, but to still see it, like you said, projects deserve to become bigger than the individual. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm so I mean, whether or not you get credit for it or not, it's just like, you know, the people who, who, who know, know. So, right. and you know, it's cool. Yeah, man, you're a better man than me. Cause I be wanting my credit. <laughs> I want my credit, man. <laughs> but I hear you. Um, so talk to us about back, you know, model stops, you move to the DMV, beautiful area, you know, Family down there, all that kind of stuff. Why, why back? Okay, okay. Uh, so when I moved, I stopped. I stopped doing um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, civic engagement or community uh, stuff. And and one, I really wanted to focus on myself, uh, on getting better in areas of life that uh, I didn't spend a lot of uh, time to. So when I moved here. I moved uh, uh, then with my girlfriend at the time, and then we got engaged and got married. But uh, what I wanted to do was to learn how to to focus in on this stage of life. I had spent uh, already uh, so many years of my life 
uh, trying to give back to others and other people and making financial sacrifices for others that I really put myself in a, a, a not, I didn't solidify myself or position myself where I needed to be too. And sometimes, you know, I think about what Jay-Z said, he's like, how can I help the poor if I'm one of them? So I got rich and gave back. Now that's the win-win. You know what I mean? It, it took me to go through my experiences uh, a whip model and also get drained and not know how to budget and not know how to move my money uh, right or, or make more money that it was just like, OK, on this stage of life, that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend time, emphasis, focuses, uh, 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 focusing on uh, getting that part of my life solidified. And then when I did that, it was like, OK. I did that. You know, I understand that I can be a good husband. I understand that I can be a good father. I understand that, you know, uh, I, I can understand and grow my financial prowess. Right. And then it was just like, now, how do I really get back and help the way that I really wanted to help? And it was I had this idea about uh, uh, the back community for a while, um, um, but. Uh, it was going to take some more money. It was, I wanted to do in-person interviews, right? And I wanted to be able to sit people down to do exactly what you just said, help people remember that there's so many more people from the Capital District area that have gone on to be successful, whether you got Mike Tyson, whether you got... Um, Where were you? Um, Mike Tyson is from Brownsville, man. You can't claim Mike Tyson. Nah, nah, nah. Mike Tyson didn't become Mike Tyson until Mike, Mike Tyson moved up here to the Catskills. My, I mean, let me take that back. Tyson was always Tyson. Okay. Tyson was Tyson was Tyson. So his 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 grittiness definitely came from there when he was playing with pigeons and and you know what I mean don't 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 snap his pigeon head or he might get you. So but thank you. I so we had to co-own Mike Tyson's <laughs> legacy because Customado did change his life in terms of giving him like that discipline and that you know that that uh structure that structure. And Brownsville gave him the grit, poverty, and the trauma. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> combined, combined Mike Tyson. All right, so there we go. But yeah, there's so many positive people uh, that have gone, like I said, made it to the NBA, uh, professional stars, uh, made it to the NFL, uh, won rings with the uh, uh, New England Patriots, stuff like that, that a lot of people don't really even know about. So the goal was to highlight positive individuals from the Capital District area. It originally started with just Albany, and I thought that I was shortchanging myself because uh, Albany is really comprised of the Capital District area. You got Schenectady, Troy, Rensselaer, all of these different places. That's all comprised of the Capital District area, and um, yeah, I wanted to highlight that. So, but COVID, uh, COVID hit. Yeah. Right. COVID hit, and then uh, the other catalyst was George Floyd's death. So when everything happened with George Floyd, right? Of course, you know I'm 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 marching here. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a part of different conversations uh, here in the DMV and in Albany. But right. it was just like, all right, what are you really doing though? And it wasn't until no lie, I was I was coming back from Costco. You know, dad uh, uh, with, my, with my dad cat come back yeah. from Costco, and um, I was listening to uh, J Cole's uh, "Snow on a Bluff." Okay. Yeah, and 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 he was just uh, and remember uh, he wrote that joint to uh, to the homegirl out out in Chicago who was calling him out for not uh, uh, doing enough, right? And he was just like, "Listen, shorty, actually, you might be right, 
But instead of coming at me, like criticizing me, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know more about the situations and maybe you can educate me more about the situation. So maybe I can help out better. And right. when I was listening, I was like, damn, you know, I got to I got to figure out a way to, to help out more right now. And, you know, I mean, everyone had their, their stances. Some people wanted to go burn up stuff. Some people wanted to fight. Other people wanted to, to fight civically. And I was just like, well, listen, what can be my lane? So obviously I'm always advocating for Albany, regardless of where I'm at in life. Um, so it was like, how can I help out? And that's how the idea came about. And like I said, COVID hit. So you didn't have to have people in person anymore. It was right. a thing called Zoom and all these different technologies that actually became the thing. And it was just like, ha ha, see how God works. And so uh, we started that. I started that off in July of 2020. And I originally just started doing interviews um, and then I didn't change it to the audio format as well or include the audio format for actual podcasting because I didn't even know I've been learning podcasting on the go. I didn't know podcasting literally was the audio form. So right. it was just like, oh, you know, I just thought, you know, interviews self-record podcasting. So it was a lot of things I learned on the go and uh, I figured it out. So I've changed a lot from season one to season two. Uh, I continue to get better and the reach continues to grow. And it's and it's like, like I said, not limiting uh, myself and what we can do. Um, so it's, it's it's really it's really it's really dope and it's dynamic and it allows me to help out in a in a in a city that I love uh, while also being centralized here in the DMV area. Because you know I still help out here. I teach a financial literacy course at my church. I'm active in uh, a TRL uh, a chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha. Uh, I'm still uh, uh, active here, uh, DC Posse uh, program. So I still help out uh, uh, with the youth and stuff like that. But Albany's always going to be on my heart. Man's got more jobs than a Jamaican, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Jamaicans because every time I say stuff like that, I get like a bunch of DMs like, "Come on, man, why you coming for?" It's the truth, though. It's the <laughs> truth. I say it all the time. It's like anytime I hear somebody that got mad hustles, be like, yeah, man, now that's dope, man." And I figured at some point you was going to come back between, like, once model was done, I knew you was going to come back at some point. So when I saw back was launched, I was just like, all right, it's fire. And, you know, I've been, been tracking it. I think what's great about that content, and I might be a little bit biased, but I feel like what's great about that content is because, to your point about, like, movies and shakers from the Capital District is that everybody up there has, like, a phenomenal story, and it's very well told. And then it's also like inspiring because even if you're not from the capital district, hearing these stories is just like, oh wow, like you know, sometimes you get like the full story of what people have overcome, but more importantly, or not more importantly, but more often than that, you still get like a a blueprint that you can follow to have your own success in your own life, even if it's not the same field, you get like a lot of good information. And I think, you know, it mirrors a lot of the things we try to do with stereo bros, which is to educate and also to entertain i feel like we have too much content in our community that's draining and is not empowering it's more so meant to keep people almost docile so when it's content that does the opposite you know i'm always going to gravitate towards it and i'm always going to you know shout it out because it's it's needed in our community frankly right like there's there's so many people that are diamonds in the rough and all they need is that guidance all they need is to know that as you said it's cool to be a nerd it's cool to be into whatever you're into and to, you know, make money positively. And, you know, not everybody is meant to be a doctor, lawyer, um, 
damn near run the Social Security Administration and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just people that can just be dope artists, dope um, poets, yeah. right? Or, you know, engineers. Like, there's so many ways to make money passively and actively and to mm-hmm. provide for your family. Like, you don't have to be a millionaire. You can be a thousandaire, but if you don't have, you know, a ton of debt, you can still have a great quality of life. And I think those are the things that should come out more and should be, you know, put out there more because the likelihood of making it as an artist, like not an artist, but as like an entertainer or an Mm -hmm. athlete are minuscule as opposed to being an unknown millionaire, an unknown thousandaire, and and just walking around every day living life. And and I think that's, you know, one of the things that I get a lot of times when I watch back is that there's a lot of great... That's what I'm saying. I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. That's 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 my mother-in-law upstairs. It sounds like sounds like she's on she's on the call now. Gotcha. I, I told her I, I told her I was podcasting down. So she's leaving gotcha. alone. So it'd be great. Nah, so so we'll just make sure we get that uh, uh out somewhere. But nah, like back is dope, man. And I think that ties into also that New York City Albany dynamic because when I was 19 and I was in the process of you know, transferring to Albany. Hmm. I thought Albany was next to Montreal. I had no idea how big the state was. So I'm just like, man, upstate school. So I was asking people, I was like, yo, I'm going to Albany. Where's that by? And it was just like, oh, that's like an hour and a half north of Greenhaven, an hour from Cassidy's, hmm. an hour from Green. I'm like, is that all that's up there? Just jails? And it's like, yeah, jails and schools. And then I get up there and I realize, like, well, damn near it's jails and schools. Yeah, there's farms and things like that. But it's also a massive state with incredibly nuanced politics. Because you got the southern tier, which takes to Pennsylvania. You got Western New York that, you know, shout out to everybody in Western New York. But they're treated as the Midwest. You got the North Country, which is treated as Canada. <laughs> they treated like the Midwest. <laughs> you know, they, their lingo is different. Like they say pop, right? We say soda. You got the central, the central region, like Syracuse and all that. Then you got the Capital District, which has a lot of great talent, but a lot of people treat it like a transit place, right? Like they they in and out. Like people don't really, as much as they should, plant their roots there, right? Mm. And Yes, for Albany, but I've never heard of anybody moving to Troy or moving to Schenectady or moving to Rensselaer because it's not like those places are kind of depressed. It's, it's very hard to really, mm. you know, make something of yourself in those places absent something else. Right. And okay. then you got like, you know, the other regions, like there's so many regions in New York, like mid Hudson. Um, mm-hmm. So to be in Albany and to have people call, the city downstate. I'm just like, how dare you have any sense of pride? Or like, how dare you look at New York as, as not New York? And I remember getting to Albany and almost getting into fights with people from Syracuse and Rochester and Albany because, you know, we stay in local townie or you sound funny and that kind of stuff. To then realizing quickly, like, yo, it's really not that different. Like, all our grandmothers and grandfathers are from the South. Same struggle, same story, a generation from sharecropping. Um... So talk to me about like your perspective as somebody from Albany seeing these city kids coming in 
and having this kind of like, you know, a-hole mentality towards your city year in and year out. And, and how, how that can be misperceived and in some ways can actually be dangerous. Full facts. Facts. Oh, oh, facts on all levels. Yes, it can be dangerous. And I, I you know, listen, I be telling people all the time. I, I, I in, in one of my interviews uh, from season one, I think I interviewed this girl, Sheena Collier. Right. And we were just talking about how um, we used to get in so many fights uh, when we went away to school, uh, uh, pretty much caking or trying to put on for Albany because everyone had this idea or stereotype about Albany, right? And I'm just like, and even from even people uh, from New York, it's like, everyone thought Albany was right next to Buffalo. And I'd be like, fam, we five hours away from Buffalo, right? But, uh, you know, uh, but so, so it was always a, um, it was always a dismissive thing. People would be like, you know, you're not from New York. If you're not from one of the five boroughs, you know what I mean? You're not really from New York. So you might as well just tell people you're from upstate or whatever. And I'd be like, listen, yeah, I can call it whatever you want to call it. Because to be honest, it's just like, it's not where, it's not where you are, it's where you're at. So and it's like and some people some people will leave places like New York City and then come up to a smaller area and be like, yo, I was the man and such and such back there. And people just be lying in front. So what I've learned early on is that, you know, I don't I don't buy into to, to where a person is from. I'm going to look at your content of the I'm going to look at the content of your character. I'm going to figure it out. But that's just normal. People are always going to. And it's, it's cool to have subtle jabs at, at each other. And be like, oh man, you from you from such and such. Be like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm from Albany. But what I had to tell people about Albany was that y'all probably couldn't survive if you come to Albany. And I was like, everyone has this idea, you up here next to cows and all of this, or it's the capital of New York. Some people from New York City didn't realize that Albany was the capital. You know what I mean? But anywho, anywho, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna, uh, you know, but yeah, anywho, it's the capital. That's where all of the that's where all of the legislation comes out of. Um right. uh, but anywho, it was just like trying to. How do you not offend somebody else that's from a different part of New York or what, what we really consider to be the heart of New York, uh, a Bronx, a Harlem or whatever, and still be able to stand your own ground? Right. Just like, yo, I can make room. I can make room for you. I can make room for Brooklyn. I can make room for for, for, for uh, from somebody from Harlem or, or, or whatever. It's just like because it takes nothing away from me. So I think that helped me uh, being able to be comfortable being from Albany. No matter where I went, I'll be down in Charlotte. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I remember going to school. Uh, if this guy sees it, he's probably, he probably going to hurt me. Uh, he's probably going to be really upset. Let me say that. Uh, but, you know, some people will go away to school and then they'll change where they're actually from. It was like, you know, some, one guy is from Auburn. He was down and telling everybody he's from Brooklyn. I'm like, why? He's like, yeah, I'm from Canarsie, all this stuff. I didn't like. Oh, well, he had a neighborhood picked out too. Yeah, That's yeah. Crazy. Hey, listen, listen. Had it picked out, and I'm just like, you know, I'm from Albany. And everybody's always be like, "Yo, why you say it so hard?" I'm from Albany. And he's like, "Tyrell, whenever you say Albany, all my boys just laugh all the time." He's from Albany, but I think it's very important to have a sense of pride of where you're from, um, and you know, is 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 easy for somebody to be the man in their own town, right? Because most of us come from smaller places, or you come from a neighborhood and where you and where you grew up, but it's harder to be the man uh, in another town, right? It's harder to reinvent yourself in another place. Uh, but when you're authentic, you can do that. So you can go to wherever you're at, whether I'm in Morocco, whether I'm here in, or uh, I'm in the DMV area, I'm in Charlotte, I'm me. I'm authentically me. And everyone knows that I'm from Albany, New York. So it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter what you're doing. 
what people are going to be associating uh, uh, themselves uh, uh, with about you and where you're from. So, you know, shout out to Brooklyn and all that gentrification you guys got going on down there. Oh, don't do us like that. Come on, man. <laughs> nah, but yo, that's a good point. And I feel like once I, once I had those conversations and damn near fighting people from upstate and from Western New York, I came to, like, I came to appreciate, like, you know, they had their own rappers, they had their own lingo, they had their own whatever, but um, it actually made me more versatile on campus and on campus. People were here, oh, you from Brooklyn, and I would see them waiting for me. Typical, I'm from New York, blah, 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 and I would be like, oh, peace, peace, blah, 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 and it would throw them off. They would stay almost from New York. Can be a hole, but you're different. I'm like, nah. I used to be like that too, but it ain't it ain't where you from. It's where you at. And I'm here with y'all. Love is love, and it would always open up more doors than it would close. And I would do that, but I but I I felt it in my heart though. Like I felt like you know you, you got to show love to get love. What, what and who said it best? Uh, what's the boy name from uh um paid in full uh uh A Z. So the real AZ, you know, I mean, he lived by that philosophy, uh, eat and let eat, right? So, you know, I mean, you got some people that just are haters. You know, I'm going to call it what it is. You know, a lot of people misuse the word haters and everyone's a hater that really isn't a hater. But then there really are just haters, you know what I mean? But if if you have a personality about yourself and you want everybody to succeed, you know what I mean? Yo, I mean, people will feel that. People can feel what you bring to the table. And then you got other people that, you know, I'm going to pick you apart for every possible thing I can pick you apart for. Like, you can be the greatest person in the world, but just because you said no to me this one time, you know, I hate you and I hate you forever. I'm going to make sure everybody else hates you too. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? But be, be who you are. Be authentically yourself. And it doesn't matter whether you from uh, the cheese state out there in Wisconsin <laughs> or are you from uh, the heart of New York and you can sing Alicia Keys and Jay-Z's version of uh, uh, the Empire State, uh, Empire State of Mind, uh, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? Be authentically where you're from. Be authentically who you are. And everyone's stories resonates. And that's what I learned, I think, with, with the back community, too. Season one, I think I limited um, the scope so much just to the Capital District area that I forgot to tell, that I forgot to showcase and a lot of the things that I was putting out there that, these stories or these conversations are actually uniquely universal. It doesn't even matter that uh, uh, you're just from the Capital District area. So season two, I chose more clips that actually uh, resonated uh, 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 with other people. And most of my viewers actually li probably live outside of the Capital District area. So, you know, when you go, when you look at the actual stats of, of, of where people are uh, when they're listening and where they're watching, I'm like, oh. Actually, you know, it breaks you down by states, uh, countries yeah. and all of this stuff. So it was just like, yo. So, you know, so I opened it up to uh, uh, to make it more um, inclusive as opposed to people feeling uh, exclude, excluded from it. It's like, oh, that's just something real doing for his community. Nah, you know, the the messaging is the messaging and is actually trying to be uh, uh, encouraging to other people to one, figure out whatever your lane is. Go out there and go do it. Yeah, that's right. One thing I think why you not get as many Obi listeners is because y'all close Jillian's, y'all close everything <laughs> on Pearl Street. All that, all them popping balls are gone, and you got some, you got some gentrifiers on Lock Street going the other way. Um, probably not as bad as New York is, but I've I've seen it. But 
I'm hoping that you guys get back to what old me was in terms of the social scene when I was there because it was a hell of a time. Like it was mad yeah. fun. And I'm hearing now that you're either growing with kids or you're in college. Like that 20 something mm. stage is, is really hard to have fun in Albany these days. So yep. I'm hoping you bring that back some way, somehow. It is, it is, and that's a great point. And that's one of the things we talk about often is the, uh, the Albany that we have this uh, nostalgia for and then the Albany that we have now. So, you know, that's one of the things I plan to bring up uh, when I interview the mayor next week too. Uh, just like, you know, Albany, for me, I, I, I've i seen it at its best for me and I've seen it at its worst for me too. And it's just like, you know, but what can we do to bring back uh, more of the positivity, more of the activities. Um, like you said, you just named downtown when you was here, you had Jillian's, you had uh, Legends, you had Blue 82, yeah. you had Scott, whatever, you you name it. So, and then you go up Western Ave, you got 518, Bogies, you got yeah. Sneaky Pete's. You had all these different activities for uh, the younger population to enjoy themselves with. And a lot of those places are gone. Most people feel like in order to go have a good time and then have a place to do it, you got to go out to places like Saratoga. No one wants to go all the way that far drinking and risk the risk of traveling back to Albany for that. And you're not going to go out there just to go stay out there either. So it's just like, you know, we do need places for uh, for young adults, young professionals, black and white, to be able to go enjoy themselves, have a good time and feel safe. And the other part is it's up to the community to make sure that when we do have the space to protect the space and to protect the people that are bringing it together. You know, what I mean, because you can it's very hard to get it and everything that you work for can be easily taken like this. And no, because uh, one of the last memories I have of being up there was there was always a, there was always a lot of comedy shows. I never forget. Mm-hmm. Mike Epps was just walking down. Lost the dolo. I'm like, yo, Mike Epps. He's like. Yeah, nigga, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, yo, what you doing? He's like, man, I'm trying to find something to get into. What you getting into? So he walked into, I want to say, what was that? Pearl Street Pub, one of those? Like, he walked into whatever that was, like, right right across from Jillian's. He walked inside there, and everybody's like, yo, Mike Epps is walking around Dolo, and he just won over everybody because he was just, like, walking Dolo unbothered. And I thought, you know, that was, like, a, you know, great, um, great memory up there, but as we wrap, you know, part of what we do in this interview is that there was a music component. I wanted to ask you, you know, what are you listening to right now? No What's Kevin Gates questions. I'm not going to ask you no Kevin Gates <laughs> questions. I'm going to say that for off air. But what is Rel listening to right now to, you know, get moving and shaking? You know, like, it could be one song, it could be two songs. Like, who's on your radar right now in terms of music? I'm going to start off with what I was listening to this morning only because it is the Christmas season and it is the Christmas spirit. Every year, you know, I'm listening to uh, Tim- Temptations. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Bring Love at Christmas, the the the, the Motown uh, CD track. And my wife gave me uh, hell for it for forever. Uh, be like, who listens to CDs? Nah, I'd be like, I fine. do. OK, Motown, you know, Motown but- anything is fire. Yeah, listen, that right there was was everything for me. It always made me feel about uh made me feel like a connection to how I felt when I was a kid when I'm listening to that. But um uh, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of Christmas music right now outside of Christmas music. I'm really uh, uh stuck. Um I will say I'm I'm 
I feel like I'm finally becoming the older person who's just like, you know, I'm stuck in, in, in my genre. I'm stuck in my area. I still make uh, room for some new uh, artists. Like, I like the baby. I know he's got a lot of other uh, uh, controversial stuff going on. I know y'all uh, chatted about him on episode seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But was it seven? Yeah. But, it was uh, seven. Yeah. So uh, I, I do like him because the boy can actually rap. But um, I'm I'm still stuck into uh, um, uh, Jay Z, Tupac. Um, of course, I can uh, with the Wu saga coming out. I'm listening to a lot of old Wu, um, and I feel guilty that I can't listen to Nipsey as much as I used to because it still hurts me and bothers me uh, of what happened to Nipsey. And I, I promise you, I was a Nipsey fan long before. Uh, people got on to to Nipsey. It was like, you know, it's actually a crime how how late most people were getting on to Nipsey. But um, see, I didn't get yeah. on to him until after he passed. To be honest, like I had saw him really? on that DVD years ago, back when he had like the Jerry Curl. I was like, he's a high. I didn't really get on him until he passed, and I was and I heard like four a.m. like four in the morning. And I'm like, yo, he, he has some stuff. I just didn't get on to him. Until it was too late. Yeah. I used to, I remember driving back and forth to Buffalo and um, I would listen to his um, marathon album on, uh, uh, on repeat, um, uh, just, just the marathon album. Uh, but um, like I said, I really miss listening to, uh, to Nipsey um, because it, I still haven't found a way to just listen to his music and, and not be sad. I know some people might hear this and see this, like, well, you didn't even know him. what artists do for some of us is uh you know you really feel an ultimate connection with them like i never had nobody do something to me or i never felt so close to another artist as i did uh with nipsey other than tupac so you know there was this, this big span when tupac passed away up until when nipsey came and i'm just like you felt his authenticity right just like he's trying he's the man of the community he's still got the swag and he still got the street connections. And, you know, I always love that about him and admire that about him. But when I'm listening, um, I, I got to throw some more Nipsey in there, but it's still hard for me to listen to it. But other than that, man, I'm listening to uh, uh, all of the classics. What you listening to, Kevin Gates Jr.? <laughs> Don't do me like that. I'm definitely listening to, to Kevin Gates, but I'm doing a lot of uh, upstate artists. Ironically, like 38 special, um, Who's from Rochester? He's he's solid. Um, the whole Griselda rocking with those guys. Um, and I found this new artist from Detroit, Boldly James. He's he's fire. He he has mm. an album with the Alchemist, so it's like mm. a real good feel to that. A lot of Christmas, not a lot, but I listen to a lot of retail Christmas soundtracks. <laughs> so like the Gap Christmas music. Um, a lot of kids songs too, because my kids watch a lot of like Moana and, and all that kind of stuff. So into that. Um so yeah, I cry like, every time I watch that movie. Shout out to Moana. I mean <laughs> Moana. Yeah, nah. So I definitely balance between a lot of like the introspective stuff, but I do listen to like a lot of RB. So like Anne Marie, Mariah the Scientist, um, a lot of like emo RB music mm. so, gets the job done. So a lot of that too. I heard you talk about that on on his last album. What is the affinity with with, with Amy Marie? 
No, no, Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. When I was sitting, there, I was just like, man. I mean, she hasn't had anything since uh, what's her name. But I heard you. I heard you mention her on on on, uh, on the previous uh, episode that you uh, you guys did a stereo bros. And I was yeah. like, I gotta figure this out. But yeah, I'm gonna send you a link. So Anne Marie is from Chicago. She's a singer, songwriter, um, very melodic. Like her songs either extra lusty or extra mm. like heartbroken. So I can always, you know, listen to those. And for me with the R&B, you know, ladies singing, I always be like, you know, if I'm attracted to her, I want to hear her talking nasty. So mm. that's kind of like why I listen to certain, certain artists. Like, so, but she's talented though. Her, a Mariah Scientist, Ari Lennox, Queen Nigel, like um, Summer Walker. There's like this really great, group of young ladies right now that are putting out fire music and it's just like it's something different like because it's hard for me to hear a lot of the the gun boy talk and the drill music because you know brooklyn right now has like a whole stupid gang war going on but the drill music to me i don't be believing it because like these dudes talking all this like they spinning blocks and then their mom is like marlon go to the store get me <laughs> right so right so Drill music for me, I don't relate to it because I used to play a lot of Chief Keith and remember that. Like I used to play a lot of Chief Keith and they created that sound what seven years ago. So to see it here now in New York, it feels forced. Mm. So it's harder for me to get into it. I can't really jag it the same kind of way. It's making me think of uh, uh that's the, the CIAA trip. Oh um, yeah, oh let do it. Man. Oh let do it. Hey, oh let do. Oh, listen, that, yeah. that 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 whole that whole what was it? the the remix came out during that joint, and that was like that. the the anthem to that, that whole trip. That, trip. that was a good trip, man. And yeah. now, unfortunately, New York City ruined CIAA's, and they had to move it. And that's the thing. Once the city gets to it, you know, that's it. <laughs> I have people I say this: CIAA. You know what I mean? Well, now it's here uh, in Baltimore, right? But um. I would say, like, for years, I have been telling people about CIAA, yourself included. Yep. And I'm just like, bruh, I'm telling you, come down with me, man. I'm going to show you a good time. And it was just like, to see the legend of the CIA grow, I mean, a CIAA grow to, to what it did was just, like, out of this world. Because it was really such a, a good time. A good quarter of the population of Albany has moved to Charlotte. <laughs> Literally. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yo, you know what I mean? Because you can move to another place and realize that, you know, uh, there's other opportunities, a uh, better way of living sometimes uh, for some people. But yeah. There we go. So as we wrap, you know, what are your parting words for the listeners? Because usually you have, you know, as you heard in the podcast, our parting words for the week. So, you know, as part of your parting words, just tell them where they can find back content at, like your socials and all that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's easy. Listen, man, if you ever want to find out more about me, what I'm doing, what I'm up to, uh, you can always uh, uh, find us at The Back Community. That's at The Back, like your back, at The Back Community. Uh, that's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or you can check us out at uh, www.thebackcommunity.info. 
So uh, those are our social media handles. You can always find us uh, uh, there. And we always try to keep it, as I tell everybody, uh, stay involved and stay engaged. So, you know, I mean, if you're listening to the Stereo Bros, I promise you, you can come right over to the back community. You're going to find some of that uh, uh, same good content that they're giving you over here. You're going to find it over there. And same thing for the viewers, for the back community. I promise you, you guys are going to find some good edutainment, as my man likes to call it, over there with the Stereo Bros and uh, him and his uh, co-hosts as well. So shout out to you guys and what y'all been doing, man. And like you said, you mentioned something earlier. I'm coming back to it when you were talking about uh, what you were able to do during the quarantine. You know what I mean? I remember one day, I think I sat in the backyard on, on, on one of y'all joints for like at least two hours. And it was just, it just felt good. It's like we needed something to do. It's right. still it's still a space for it. Everybody okay. ain't outside. You got Omicron coming through right now, too. And it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's still a space for it. And I think that you guys just give people a good opportunity to 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 let their guard down and just uh, uh, throw some nice uh, uh, subtle jabs at each other because y'all are the most subtle jab people I've ever met in my <laughs> life. <laughs> nah, yo, I definitely appreciate that. You know, for the uh, back listeners, you can check us out at StereoBros.com. We do have the merch. We got hats. We got, you know, over 70 episodes of content ranging from us doing interviews with folks like Tyrell to other financial literacy gurus to uh, next year, we're going to have a bunch of artists up there, but we have like, you know, a good collection of good content. We do have some blog articles on our website as well. Um, so we definitely appreciate y'all listening, linking. We hope everyone enjoys this content. You know, my parting words for this week are just to, you know, keep collectively building It's Kwanzaa time. So, you know, do something with your friends and family and just build and think about how you're going to take steps now to have a better 2022. So that's it from me over and now. Salute. That's it from me. No matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby.